In this episode, we tackle the top five most common objections to investing or buying in Regent Park. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. While Regent Park has been a dramatic success and the neighborhood has come a long way over the past 10 years since the revitalization has started, there's still a lot of people who have questions about the area, questions about investing in the area, and they're still skeptical if this is really a good thing. So with that in mind, I wanted to talk to you today about the top five most common objections to buying or investing in Regent Park. Now, I, of course, am on record many times as saying, and it's true that I personally have invested in Regent Park several times. I've actually bought three condos in Regent Park over the years from Daniels and part of the revitalization going back to 2010. So obviously, you know, my stance on the community and my investments have done very, very well. So there's, you know, that that's the best testament, I guess you could say to, to uh, any objection that's out there. But specifically, let's look at these five objections that I hear from people all the time, who are first time investors, first time looking at this neighborhood, first time thinking about buying into this area. So the number one objection is Regent Park is a bad area. Regent Park is a bad area. So that could mean different things to different people, but that's a common statement that I hear people say and, and, they, and they ask me, Andrew, is Regent Park a bad area or isn't that a bad area? Um, the idea being you don't want to, you shouldn't invest in a bad area is sort of the question behind the question. Um, now, as a side note, of course, you could make an argument that investing in bad areas, if there is such a thing, um, is actually better than investing in good areas because there's more upside in a bad area. Uh, than a good side, generally speaking, especially in a city like Toronto, which is changing rapidly, and and the um, the uh, the areas that are sort of underdeveloped are fewer and fewer uh, to far farther and farther between to find these days. But with that being said, is Regent Park a quote unquote bad area? Well, there's there certainly has been a stigma attached to Regent Park. Um, and with good reason. I mean, uh, the Regent Park has been a very troubled area over many decades, but that stigma does not necessarily have any reflection on what Regent Park is today. So what happened in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, even in the 90s, before the revitalization, revitalization sort of started, that really has no bearing on what the neighborhood is today. But unfortunately, that stigma... Um, has been a tough one for the neighborhood to shake, the reputation, so to speak, even though what's happening in reality is very different, um, as is often the case, from the reputation. So what I, what I always like to say is that uh, a reputation or a stigma like that that has been attached to a neighborhood for decades, it's going to take a generation, really, for that stigma to completely um, go away. And believe it or not, we're already about halfway through a generation. So the revitalization has been going on for more than 10 years now since this whole process started. More than 10 years. I believe it was around 2005, 2006 when this all started. So it's already halfway through a generation, generation being about 20 years or so, that this has taken place. So by the time 
that uh, Regent Park is completely built out and revitalized and completely torn down and completely rebuilt, it will be a full generation. It will really be about uh, 20 to 25 years from, from sort of the first um, meetings that were held talking about we're going to do this thing, revitalize this neighborhood till the final brick is in the final condo or the final piece of glass is installed in the final condo um, in this neighborhood. It'll be, it'll be about 25 years. So we're about halfway through that now. What's interesting is, is that the people, the, the residents, the tenants, the buyers coming in now, uh, the younger generation, sort of the, you know, the 25-year-olds who are coming in now to the neighborhood, many of them have no idea about the past and the history of Regent Park. Uh, like I said, you're already starting to see this stigma and the reputation change as the younger generation is coming through. It's mostly the people like me and maybe you listening, if you're of the uh, older than 25-year-old crowd, um, that, uh, that that stigma and that reputation is sort of stuck in your head, but you don't realize that it's been a decade of change already. It's been half a generation and the neighborhood is completely different from what it ever was before. And so you notice it most when you talk to 25, you know, 25 year olds say who's coming in to rent a unit or buy their first place. Maybe they're getting help from mom and dad, whatever it may be. They just see Regent Park as that area east of Parliament in, you know, in the downtown east that's changing quickly, that has some really cool new buildings, that has some cool parks, athletic grounds, community center, aquatic center, uh, restaurants, shops are coming in. They're just seeing that as a, as an interesting area that's in transition. And a lot of them don't even realize that there is this stigma. There has been the stigma attached to it in the past. So that would be my answer to is Regent Park a bad area. The answer is yes, certainly in the past it has been, but now it is completely different. And again, you really need to come and see it for yourself to fully appreciate it. Number two objection, Regent Park is not safe. Regent Park is not safe. Another way of people say that um, it's not an area where you can walk the streets or you can't walk around at night. It's not safe. This kind of uh, notion that somehow um, it, is, uh, it is an area where if you're walking around, you're going to be assaulted or murdered or something like that. Um, that is a perception that's out there. Again, it's tied to the first objection related to the reputation um, that Regent Park has had in the past, warranted or not. That's what people are thinking. But again, my number one advice to anybody who's thinking that is go there yourself. So many people I talk to make blanket statements about the neighborhood. They say Regent Park is, is this or Regent Park is that. And I say, well, have you been there? Well, no, I just, I heard. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, you believe everything you hear? Go there and, and look at it for yourself and make a decision for yourself. Do your own research um, talk to people who live there, talk to investors who've bought there, talk to tenants who rent there and find out what the actual people in the area think. Um, so when you do that and you go there yourself, the universal reaction I get from everybody is, wow, I, I didn't realize it was like this. I didn't realize it was so nice. I didn't realize it had changed so much. I didn't realize how, you know, you got like a brand new neighborhood in the heart of downtown Toronto. It's actually very cool. Um, and, you know, just talking to all my tenants, many of my tenants have been single women, probably the majority of my tenants in my three units in Regent Park. The one common demographic has been single women in their sort of late 20s, early 30s. Um, even one of my tenants at one point was my sister. Uh, and I've interviewed her on my podcast as well. And she uh, lived 
lived in one of my units there for more than a year and she absolutely loved it. She loved the neighborhood. She loved the feel. She loved the vibe. Um, and she met a lot of great people there. Um, but finally, I, I, the thing that I like to tell people, it's something that you won't see in um, any press release. You won't see on any website. But here's an interesting anecdote from one of my clients who's actually a police officer, works for the Toronto Police, um, and actually works uh, in the part of the city where Regent Park is. And he's also a condo investor, and he's bought in the area himself, too, for investment. So he basically told me something very interesting. It was actually a couple years ago now, so it's even more relevant today. But he basically said since the revitalization took hold a few years into it, he said there, the police activity and the amount of work and, and calls that the police have in Regent Park, he said, dropped off dramatically. And basically, there's really not much for them to do there on a day-to-day basis anymore versus what, again, what it was like in the past, what it was like in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, where they were very active and getting calls all day long and all night long to the neighborhood. And he said, now there's really, it's almost like there's, there's nothing for them to do. They're, they're moving their resources elsewhere outside of Regent Park because it's just so, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing for them to do there for the most part compared to what it was before. And again, this is not something that um, you're going to see published anywhere because obviously the police don't want, you know, anyone who would do something bad to think, well, there's an area where I can go because the police tell me, you know, police aren't suspecting a thing there. Uh, so obviously they're not going to go around publishing uh, information like this, but anecdotally, uh, verbally, just speaking uh, speaking to me in person, this is what my my client told me. So Take it for what it's worth, but I think the neighborhood, again, is worth a visit if you haven't been there yourself to really see what's happening with your own eyes. And the third most common objection to investing in Regent Park is something like this. Subsidized rentals will ruin my investment. Subsidized rentals will ruin my investment. So this is related to the fact that the neighborhood has a portion of subsidized housing in it. So if you didn't know, all the, the traditionally the neighborhood of Regent Park has been 100% subsidized rental housing. And all of those units are being torn down and replaced one for one. So all the, all the subsidized housing units that are, are disappearing have to be rebuilt um, they, in the new buildings. So there are subsidized housing buildings in Regent Park. Now, number one is you may not even know that because if you go there and you look around, you see new, beautiful new buildings with amazing architecture all around you. You have no idea which ones are condos and which ones are rentals. That's because the quality and the architecture and everything was built all to the same high standard as, as it was a condo, as if it was a condo or as if it was a rental building, you don't know the difference. And that's one of the keys to the success of the neighborhood is the integration the other thing is when Regent Park is all said and done, the neighborhood will have approximately three condo units for every one rental unit. So the vast majority of units, uh, properties in the neighborhood will be market condominium units. And there will be a smaller proportion of rental units, subsidized rental units of different varieties in the neighborhood with it. So what I always tell people is, is in Toronto, there's subsidized housing everywhere. Um, some buildings have subsidized housing. Some brand new condo buildings have subsidized housing within the building itself. 
That is not the case in Regent Park. Every building is completely separate, whether it's rental or condo. But if you go in just any neighborhood in Toronto, whether you realize it or not, there is subsidized housing all around you. So many people think, well, if I invest in this posh area, then you know it's not near uh, any subsidized rentals and, and I'm gonna just be amazing because look at the prices here. Well, I got news for you that a building over there in the corner, you don't even know it, you don't realize it, that's a subsidized rental. I mean, my point is there are, if you look around, you start to actually look at what the buildings are in Toronto, there's subsidized housing everywhere. It's a function of living in Toronto. Um, it's part of the fabric of the city and it's part of the philosophy of, you know, Toronto community housing and formerly Ontario housing is to have, um, is to have it mixed in with the regular sort of market housing. So that's number one is, you know, even if you're living in, you know, Shangri-La, Ritz-Carlton, whatever, I, you know, just take a five minute uh, walk or less, you're going to, you're going to bump into a subsidized housing building, whether you realize it or not. Uh, and, but the, really the, the number one answer to this question, the most important thing here is the numbers don't lie. So just look at the track record that's already been there. Again, Regent Park, we're, we're 10 years into this thing. The notion that somehow the fact that there's subsidized rentals in the area makes it a bad investment or means that you're not going to see a good return on your investment if you buy here, it's completely bogus because you just look at the numbers and you look at people who have invested myself included, and everyone has done very well and values have appreciated very well, just as good or better than anywhere else in uh, Toronto in, in, uh, or anywhere in the greater Toronto area. So that's the third one. Number four is Regent Park is not downtown enough, or it's not downtown, some people think. Uh, again, this, I think, is tied perhaps to the old mentality that somehow Regent Park was this separate subset of the city. It was this, you know, community with a wall around it, even though it didn't actually have a physical wall. It was sort of walled off from the rest of the city, and people just thought, you don't go in that area. That area is uh, not downtown. Over here is downtown, but over there is Regent Park, and it's something else. Um but it's just simply not true. Regent Park is completely downtown. You're right in the downtown core. You're minutes away from everything. Eight minutes on the streetcar. You just hop on the Dundas streetcar. You're at Young and Young and Dundas, which is, you know, by all definitions, that is the center of Toronto. Young and Dundas, Dundas Square, Eaton Center. Um, Ryerson's right there. U of T is close by. The hospital district is right there. Financial district is two two seconds away from there. So in eight minutes on the streetcar, you're at Young and Dundas. You could bike there in 10 minutes. You could walk there in probably 15, 18 minutes. Um, you can walk to the financial district, of course, where many people work. You can walk to both universities, all the um, hospitals and everything. So this idea that it's not downtown enough, again, go there yourself, hop in your bike, hop in your car, hop on the streetcar, test it out yourself if you don't believe me look at it on a map, you know, look at Google Maps, do the math. You are definitely downtown. The downtown east as a whole, everything east of Young all the way to the DVP is undergoing massive uh, redevelopment, revitalization and transition. And it's a, it's an area with tremendous upside to invest in. And the other great thing about Regent Park, just geographically speaking, is it's just so well connected. You've got great uh, streetcar access. You can, if you're a driver, you can be on the DVP in 30 seconds because there's a DVP um, on ramp right at Dundas. Um, 
you know, you, you're well integrated with the street grid. There's no physical barriers like other neighbor, other master plan neighborhoods in the city where you've got rail lines and highways and things cutting you off. No, you're very well integrated into the, the, the grid, uh, the grid pattern of downtown Toronto that, um, everybody loves so much. So that is number four. Number five, objection to investing or buying in Regent Park, most common. No one will want to rent from me if I buy. This is for investors. No one's going to want to rent in Regent Park. Who's going to want to live there? Or if I buy, some people say this to me, if I buy a condo here, Andrew, for investment, am I going to be renting it to crackhead tenants? (laughs) Believe it or not, I actually have people ask me that exact question um, more than once. And Again, look at the proof is in the pudding. Look at the numbers, look at the stats. The numbers don't lie. Rental rates are amazing, amazing in Regent Park. They're growing every single year. In the past year, especially, they've grown tremendously, more than 10% on average. Um, Prices have have gone up significantly too, of course. Who's renting in Regent Park? Who, that's another common question is, who are my tenants? Like in all these units that I have, are they you know, these horrible low quality tenants somehow because it's Regent Park. No, completely untrue. It's the same as anywhere else downtown. You've got your usual young professional crowd, people, you know, 25 to 40 uh, working professionals. You've got some students. So people going to the one of the colleges or the universities, maybe they're working part time, maybe they're not. You've got the interesting part is you've also got families, you've got retirees, you've got downsizers coming in now. So the fabric of the neighborhood is really changing um, as well. And a lot of people who don't fit that traditional uh, young professional mold, which is the majority of downtown condos, um, they're really flocking to this area, families, retirees, um, you know, just uh, people with kids, older couples, uh, older professionals, maybe who their kids have moved out, but they're still working. Maybe they work downtown. They're going to be working still for another five or 10 years before retirement. You get a lot of those people now being attracted to the area for it's the way that it feels, the way that it's connected, um, the value in the pricing, um, and just the great quality of, of the units, obviously, that you can buy there. Looking at the stats, check out these stats for rentals. I just pulled out the stats for Regent Park, all the buildings, rental units over the last few months, three months, all the units that have rented out there, the the median days on market, so the number of days it takes for a, a listing to be rented out, the median days on market for rentals is four, okay? It's four, four days. You, anything comes up, it's being rented in four days. It's unbelievable. Uh, for sales-wise, uh, resales of condos in Regent Park, the median days on the market is 11, 11. So not even two weeks and the average property is sold. Um, Again, the numbers don't lie. You can listen to me or you can believe me or don't believe me, but just look at the numbers yourself and there's your answer right there. Okay, there you have it. That's my little podcast on the top five most common objections to buying or investing in Regent Park. I hope you found this podcast useful. And if you did, go ahead and share this with somebody that you know could benefit from it. And until next time, happy investing. 
Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com. Oh,